G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, you're looking pretty dejected today. You walked in uh, and you, the I'm, light was gone from your eyes. I'm just feeling really flat for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 my salary cap team is really just giving it's, me the shit. It's drudged you down, hasn't it? It's. I mean, yeah, I thought a, a fortnight ago, I was like, all right, I think I've patched most of the major holes. I'm ready to make a bit of a run for it. Got a few left field players in there. You got cocky, Matt. You and got in the cocky. last fortnight, I've just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's honestly, you normally have a bit of a twinkle in your eye when you walk into the studio, and today you just yeah. sort of walked in, you barely said a word to me. <laughs> yeah. I brought some Subway cookies in, just ha- to give myself a bit of a pump up. You did, you brought us some Subway cookies, so it's the, yeah. the level of your cooking that you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anything that I do on this podcast today is being fueled by uh, Subway. By, by Subway and Rage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll jump right into the games for the weekend, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, let's uh, let's look at some scores to help get you over this, buddy. So the first game of the round was the Magpies versus the Swans. Magpies, this was a close game. They just got up in the end. Uh, I mean, the greatest at the moment, Brody Grundy. Oh, he's amazing. The fact that people didn't want to take him with pick one in a lot of draft leagues and he slipped to pick two or three... Just seems absolutely ridiculous now. In hindsight, it does, but at the same time, who would the, who was the other main contender? Uh, McRae. And would you be happy if you'd taken him at number one? No. And who? Would, I mean, it was it was literally it was a it 50, was neck and it call. was neck and neck, wasn't it? So it, it's just the beauty of hindsight. Yeah, but, I mean, McRae last year was amazing, but. Grundy's had a couple of good years now and he's taken it to another level. I think so. it's just a pat on the back to us because we were probably the, <laughs> the key advocates for taking him with number one in any format. So uh, Yeah, I think we're both all aboard, but weren't the only ones. Anyway, he's Got having it. an yeah. awesome year. Absolutely. His last few weeks in particular, he's averaging 150 in the last three weeks. <laughs> it's amazing. And I think that's enough said. Uh, Scotty Pendlebury is much improved this week. Great game from him with 123. He's turned the clock back a bit this year. Well, he had a down couple of weeks, actually. So the last two weeks have been down. Mm. He's turned it back with this week. Hopefully he can go on the improve around the buys. Um, and then uh, when he is on his buy... Mm. Uh, that can be when you look to, to ditch Scott Pendlebury if you don't think that he is in your uh, final team for the year in uh, salary cap. I, I don't think he's a salary cap guy. A lot of people brought him in because yeah. he was very he was having a really good run. Yeah, I mean after the if he yeah, he might be a guy to look at having dropped a little bit in the last fortnight, but he his work across the entire year has been pretty solid. Um I'd probably say he's second only to Trelaw in that team at the well, moment. Trelaw's keeping I mean apart from Grundy obviously, uh Trelaw yeah, is, yeah. is, uh, is keeping it going with Adams out of the side. It'll be interesting to see when Adams I is back think in. Adams is due back this week, potentially. Mm. He had a super quick recovery from that injury. Um, very so interesting. It will be very interesting to see what happens with Trelaw's scores yeah. there. And Chris Main is uh, is getting the job done when he plays and isn't injured. Like 104, mm. 106 from him, I should say. He's been doing really well. And he's available on some waiver lists as well, so... Keep an eye out for him. Uh, yeah, and then the rest of it's pretty self-evident from Collingwood. They've uh, they've got the similar sort of scorers every week. Jack Crisp has been up there. Uh, Dane Beams is always going to be up there. Tom Phillips was a little bit down this week with an 82. Callum Brown could have done this last week when I had him as my risk it pick <laughs> with a 94. Actually, exactly who I'm looking up at the moment, just but, to see what his ownership Jesus. is. Because 48% owned in Ultimate Footy. I'm paying more and more attention to him every week at the moment. He's tackling like a beast. So he's got nine tackles this game, kicked the two goals. So he's always going to be played, I think, in that 
smallish forward, pressure forward role. Yep. If he can keep those tackle numbers up, he does interest me. But that yeah. that is a high number to keep oh, going. Yeah, I don't think that that <laughs> that number is definitely not sustainable. And I mean, you can see looking at his scores across the year that he still does drop off every now and again. Mm-hmm. But he's only twenty one. He's got a lot of room to grow. Yeah, he'd be a deep keeper hold at best. Very, at best. Yeah, I, I'm only interested in keepers and only in deep ones where you've got a lot of holds year to year. One hundred percent. There's a lot to like there. And Wellesley came back and injured himself again. It's He's got the worst luck, hasn't he? I feel for him a little bit. I don't feel for anyone that hasn't been fantasy because yeah. you knew that <laughs> you something was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. Steel side bottom proved once again he is super susceptible to a tag. Um, you know, look, owners just have to be wary that any team that has any form of tagger is going to throw him on steel side bottom. Because he just gets tagged right out of games, whether it's Hutchings or DeBoer or... Um, I mean, Ryan Clark did it in this game. Ryan Clark, who is not a professional tagger. <laughs> you, you called him as tagging again last week. I, I thought that he would come back after a, a good role uh, last week, but he's still... He's not exactly the best tagger in the competition, and he kept him to 48 points. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's got the endurance base and the running ability to go with pretty much anyone in yeah. the comp, and that, it's just stopping him getting those cheap, uncontested marks. The plus sixes, uh, yeah. On the Swan side of the ledger, Sam Reed, ignore that. He's not doing that every week, kicking <laughs> six goals, that's for damn sure. He has a good ceiling, but the, the consistency's not great. Oh, it's awful. Uh, Luke Parker, 107. He's been quite improved over the past month, so... Uh, not a salary cap guy, not high enough ceiling this year, and no. I wouldn't suggest enough consistency. But in draft leagues, if you own him, could be a bit of a sell-high option. Yeah, I'm thinking with Kennedy out for a little bit or you hold, he might have a good um, good few weeks coming up. Good roll? Yeah, yeah so you right. might actually be selling him low if okay. you get rid of him now. Well, maybe hold on to him for a couple of weeks until the buy and then try and sell him high. I'd probably be more comfortable with that, I think. Yeah, interesting option. Uh, Isaac Heaney and 88. So, look, it'll be interesting to see if Isaac Heaney can get more midfield time with the uh, uh, the loss of Josh Kennedy. That's the big one for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if he will because uh... they, they like to have him up forward and even when he's in the midfield, actually, he's a, still an inconsistent scorer. Yeah, he's not... He's still not really an accumulator no. at this point in his career. He, he's still very much more of an impact player. Mm-hmm. So until he really builds that accumulation into his game, he's going to be a bit inconsistent. With Buddy coming back, that may free him up a little bit, though. We'll see what happens. Buddy coming back in plus losing Josh Kennedy, that could be a big plus for uh, for his scoring. So yeah. he's one to watch, definitely, Isaac Heaney. So if he hasn't a good week this week... I don't mind the idea of looking at him still in the forward line in salary cap leagues. We're still not sure what the makeup yeah. of that last couple will be, realistically. Yeah, no, we really don't. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Port versus the Hawks. This was just absolute garbage to watch. The Hawks were always going to win this one. Port kicked a few late ones, luckily, yeah. down in Tassie. Uh, on the uh, Hawks side of ledger, Ricky Henderson just keeps getting it done. 143. He's got a massive ceiling this year. He's he's really taking advantage of the lack of um, Titch this Draft year. Draft owners would be loving this because they would have picked him up for peanuts. And he would have been cap, a waiver pickup. Yeah, salary cap owners, honestly, you'd be incredibly happy with some of his scores. He's edging towards top eight for me. Really? I, I would be more keen to have Ricky Henderson in my final side than O'Meara by such a long way. It's not funny. Wow, okay. That's there, a very big call. Well, Jaeger O'Meara, again, was tagged or 
vaguely looked after her and scored 56 in this game. Yeah, I mean, there's something... With the exception of very few players, there's a lot of premiums this year that will have the, the 70s and 80s as mm-hmm. poor games. So the fact that Henderson's doing that really doesn't count against him too, too much. Mm-hmm. And his ceiling when he gets going is huge. It's massive. Um, I mean, he's had... Three scores of above 120 this year and only four below 100. So, that's really good scoring, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, James Sicily. All right. So, he is now... What's James Sicily averaging now? He's averaging 94.4 on the year. He's edging up with another plus 100 score this week into the top six calculations. And he's still relatively cheap for what he can do. If you want James Sicily in salary cap, this is your week to go and grab him. 100%. It could be an easy, you know, uh, extra 100k or so to go from uh, someone like Brody Smith, or if you're still for some reason holding Zach Williams, to go up from those two. Yeah, I'm not convinced this week is the week to do it. Um, purely just because... Oh, this is convenient. My um, The AFL Fantasy apps decided that... There are no break-evens this week. <laughs> the AFL fantasy cap is ridiculously bad this year. I mean, my break-evens change for me on a day-to-day basis. Yes. I was looking at a player last <laughs> week whose break-even was something like 71 in the morning, and I checked again in the afternoon and because I thought, oh, is it 71 or 75? And it had gone up to 94. <laughs> that doesn't make sense when they haven't played. You're sure they didn't play midweek? They 100% didn't play midweek. So, yeah, no clue what's going on anyway, there. Anyway, what I was going to say is um, Hawthorne have got the round 12 bye. Mm, so I'm not yeah, convinced true. bringing him in for one week before the bye is the best move, particularly right. against Brisbane, who haven't actually been giving up huge scores this year. Although, having said that, I think Luke Ryan did go berserk <laughs> I think I think week, he went so, massive. Um, but even so, I'd be avoiding bringing well, round had, 12 he, guys in if possible. He has a break even of 100, so it's not the worst idea to leave him this week. Hope that he just scores around about that. And uh, he's priced at 650k at the moment, so he hopefully won't move too far up from there. He'll still be cheap move. after his buy. That's a really good option, actually, Matt. Yep. Good decision. All right, some of the other players that played uh, in that game... Uh, Warple was solid again for a give, 91. Give him one more week because his break even still achievable. Yeah, and then, and then move him on for Offload him after the buy, 100%. Perfect. Warple has actually, the buy. Warple has actually worked out perfectly for He really us. has, hasn't he? Every He's, time he gets close to maxing out, he has a good game and just resets that break even a little bit He's done us. just enough. Jack Scrimshaw, unfortunately, a uh, very highly owned defender in mm. salary cap leagues, went off with 56 with a leg complaint. I think it was a left knee, actually. I think it was a knee. He was scoring really well up he until was, that yeah, point. Yeah, 56. Uh, I think it I was think the third quarter. Towards the, the th- end of the third quarter. So he was on track for something close to a 75 to 80, which would have been very which solid. I think would have met his break even. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate. I think um, if you've got the luxury to move him on this week, perfect opportunity to do, yep. considering he's likely to miss and he's got the round 12 bye. If you've got more pressing issues, he's not going to lose any money for you. Solid. Keep an eye on Chad Wingard. Solid 85 score this week. I'd be interested to see if he can keep that up next week. Um, I'd suggest not. I I would just say keep an eye on him. He It was against the team that he wanted to get out of, had a point to prove. Uh, I think he'll go back to being Lazy Chad after this. <laughs> lazy Chad, love it. Uh, on the port side of the ledger, Darcy Byrne-Jones is a very good draft owner or a very good draft player. 
Um, a lot of owners would be very happy with his output this year. Carl Amon, solid game from him. Robbie Gray, great debut back, but I think he was injured at some point again in this game. So he got like a, a poke to the eye or something like that, or a scratched eye, or it's... He can't get normal injuries. No. <laughs> um, all right, we've got to quickly talk about Matty Broadbent because we've had yes. questions from listeners about this and uh, we advise not to pick up Broadbent. Um, look, he's we come do. out and had 100. Uh, we did advise last week not to pick up oh, Broadbent. Yes. okay. That makes uh, more sense. Look, I, I'm not 100% sold on it, but then again, he is a defender. He's only had three games back. Uh, and he is dealing with these new rules, the kick-in rule especially. He took a fair few of those kick-ins, which is bonus points. We've seen what effects that's had on players like Shannon Hearn mm-hmm. immediately. Yep. So, Matty Broadbent could be the recipient of the, the extra points back so, down he's there. had three games coming back into the side. 61 in the showdown, 89 versus um, Gold Coast, and 100 versus Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. The last two games against teams that do tend to give up a few points. Yep. Um, he's got Saints in round 11 mm-hmm. over in China. Oh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen score-wise. No clue. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily be jumping on him this week because, again, he's got that round 12 bye. Yep. But after the bye, he's got Frio first up, which is probably a good game. Yeah. I'm probably more interested in him in um, draft leagues. Mm-hmm. Only owned in 67% of Ultimate Fleet That's leagues. a lot that he's available in. Go out and grab him if he's on your waiver list. 100% go out and grab Matty Broadbent. Uh, Dersma. Really good game from Dersma. Great to see. Dersma and Warpool. Yeah, the that's rookie the heroes that we needed. Well, Dersma was a rookie. Warpool was the mid-pricer. Dersma has been very, very impressive and is yeah. really helping with my call for him being the best rookie at the start he's, of the year. He's really digging deep for you at the moment. Been one of the more consistent we, ones. We thought he was going to get rested like two months ago. <laughs> we really did. He's played every game. So in saying that, hopefully, you know, touch wood, he doesn't get rested this week for China. Nah, he'll be good. That would he'll suck. Uh, oh, jeez. Look, I, if they're flying him over to China, he yeah. plays. I, I mention it. Obviously, we need to talk about Tom Rockliffe, and he's done it again, Matt. He's burnt me again. You said he wouldn't. You said, you, I didn't say he you wouldn't. Said he wouldn't. I can't make any you guarantees about what is going to happen with his body injury-wise. He's burnt me for the fifth time in two years. What have you done to Welcome me? to the roller coaster again. Five times in two years he has burnt me. That is ridiculous. Yeah, look, I know I'm, that those I'm are right alongside related. you. He's burnt me every one of those times as well. All right. So Tom Rockliffe, he's got an injury. We've heard that there is a solid chance that he will still play this week. He's on the plane. If he is on it's the plane, it's been confirmed all right, he's on the so plane. If he's on the plane, maybe we're all lucky and maybe it'll be all good. Yep. But it's a hamstring complaint. He's still got a train later in the week. There's a solid chance he still misses. But my concern is he went off in the game with the sore hamstring. They did a bit of work on it. He came back on. Exactly. And he went back off again and stayed off. Mm. So for me, that's not just a bit of cramp and soreness. That's mm-hmm. There's something there. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a hamstring strain yet, but there yep. was something there. I am not sold that he will play, even though he's on the plane. And there's a, they've taken a large team They're over. They're taking all four emergencies with him. So I think that there's a chance that someone like Drew could come in for him. So I've got a, yeah, a gut feel that's possible. Not, I, I have no idea what way with, it's going to go. With him having the round 12 buy as if well. He's, if he's out this week, I'm trading him. One, that's two games in a row. It yeah. sucks, but I'm trading him for a round 14 player. Maybe I agree. Maybe with some DPPs, bringing in someone like Brandon Ellis. Yeah, yeah a poor, poorer game from Ellis there last weekend. 
but he does still have a low break even and the round 14 buy, which is solid. Absolutely. The guy that I, up until the news this afternoon that he was on the plane, the guy I was looking at was Toronto. Yeah, and that's another one. Toronto, well, GWS have got... If, you, if you've got the cash to go to Toronto, got Gold great Coast this week. Oh, Jesus Christ, they're going to slaughter him. And it's only about 40k difference in price. Oof. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, all right, so next game of the round, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Jeez, uh, good to see um, some of the North Melbourne players get up and score, but the one that we wanted to see with a big score, unfortunately, Brad Scott decided to have one last parting <laughs> gift to AFL coaches everywhere, <laughs> AFL fantasy coaches everywhere, and stick Jack Zebel up in the forward line after having a, at Arguably. least three Brownlow Brown vote game last week. At, at least three votes. At least, Matt. Might have got him I would. I would have given him four after watching that game. <laughs> he was everywhere. So having, after having arguably a best on ground, they've stuck him back in the forward line. He's barely touched it. Um, Sixteen he touches. Only, he only touched it when they put him back into the middle for small rotations late in the third and early in the yep. fourth quarter. Forty-eight points. I'm curious to see what happens with North Melbourne moving forward with a new coach. I hope Reese Shaw knows what he's doing because Brad Scott does not. The, the but Brad Scott's a very good coach, but the way he coaches isn't conducive to fantasy. No, yeah, that's and that is true. He, he Brad Scott got the most out of a, a very crummy team, list, a crummy list, a terrible list. Uh, he got the most out of them, and he made them competitive in a lot of games. And you know, I, I joke a lot that I really don't <laughs> like Brad Scott. But that is just because he's terrible for fantasy coaching. And that's yep. and that's it. You know, we can't blame the guy for that. He's trying to do what's best for his team. This was a terrible well, choice still, in my of, opinion. One of our mates um, said to me the other day, North Melbourne is where fantasy goes to die. It is where fantasy goes to die. But I'm curious to see if that's a North Melbourne thing or if that was a Brad Scott thing. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if Reshore will shake things up a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting. I'm and holding I'm Zeebel this week. I'm just on a slight tangent. I'm mm. terrified if Brad Scott goes to like a Carlton or a St Kilda or somewhere, oh, Jesus, and destroys the amazing fantasy <laughs> prospects that are at those teams. I'm I'm really worried about it. Yeah, from a keeper perspective, because yeah, I've got I've invested heavily in both of those teams. I really, really hope not. You know, if Longmire ends up going to North Melbourne, if they can pull off that miracle and Brad Scott goes to Sydney by by some long shot. Uh, you know, he could ruin the likes of Luke Parker and shove him up forward for the, his entire career. Isaac Heaney could never play in the midfield again. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, All right, anyway, so... But yeah, the point is, Zeeble. I'm holding Zebel this week. Same. Because... He didn't make his break-even, mm-hmm. but it wasn't by much. Yeah. Um, so I think his break-even's around about the 80 point mm-hmm. now. Um, and I think, I, I think we got a... He's played four games midfield before going back up forward for mm-hmm. one week. We have to see what... Yeah, I think, sure is going to do I think the only thing that got them over in this game was that willingness to compete that comes from your coach's last game and the just that burner. will and also the fact that the Western Bulldogs are so up and down right now it is ridiculous yeah. when they are bad they are terrible and they were yeah. really bad for three quarters of this and game. they couldn't kick straight to save their exactly. life exactly so, so they got shinboned yeah exa- they got shinboned um, and North shinboned yeah, the I, shit out of them <laughs> we've talked about them too long but yeah we're, ho- we're both holding Zebel this week so if you own Zebel as well it's a hold this week from us. Yep. Uh, Goldie's not doing that every week. Ignore that. T- Tim English does give up a lot of big scores. He does. Higgins and Ben Cunnington were two of the veterans that got up big uh, big scores this week from those two. Uh, and as usual, they're the only North Melbourne players we talk about and we go straight on to the Bulldogs because there's no one else of relevance. Um, Bulldogs. <laughs> Enjoying yep. that? Yep, yep, I did. Um, Josh Dunkley. 
Great score from him this week. Much improved from Thank last God week. after what he did last week. Uh, he's still looking like... If he's playing that role, he's still looking like a top six forward. Yeah. Look, it sucked last week. It was a bit of a trip up. Yep. Uh, but he's still playing the role and he's getting the points yep. as a result. I'll take the blame for that because apparently over the last fortnight, what happens is if I bring someone into my team... You ruin them. They ruin them for the you week. ruin so them for everyone. I apologise, everyone. Damn straight. Dunkley last week was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and as is Billings this as week, As is Billings way. this week. We'll get to that later. Um, Caleb Daniel, much improved this week as well after a couple of down scores. Tom Liberatore and Bontempelli all scored over 100, which was good to see. Yeah, Particularly from the Bont, who's just been a little bit average at he best. He was on skating on getting on very thin ice with Yeah, me. so great to see him get up over 100, but he's still playing a fair amount of time up forward, which is worrying. But yeah. there's just too many other problems for us to trade out Bont if you've got him in Again, salary Again, he's around 12 by. Mm. So he could be maybe someone that you look at moving on after next week. But we'll yeah. talk about that as we head into the buys. Bailey Smith, really liking what I'm seeing from oh, a keeper perspective. Yeah, from he a keeper perspective. He will be owned already. Oh, he is an absolute champion. If you own him, though... You gotta love what you're seeing at the oh, moment. He looks really good. And just speaking on t- the ruck situation there, you see the massive drop in scoring from Jackson Trengrove immediately. Mm-hmm. Now that Tim English is back, he'd gone almost back to back hundreds for the last two weeks, and now he's gotten a 33 playing full time in defence again. So if you've picked up uh, Jackson Trengrove in a draft league, I think it's time to move him on to the waiver list again. Pick up someone else who has a good role. Yep. Um, Crozier and Wallace out injured for at least a few weeks. Mm. Uh, it will be interesting to see who they bring in on the merry-go-round. Maybe Bailey Williams will get some extra points because he came in this week yep. but didn't score particularly well. He didn't, so no. I'm curious to see if they give Hayes another go. Yep. Um, after dropping him last week. Oh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. There'll be a couple of spots there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next game of the round. This was uh, Adelaide versus West Coast. This was a really close game and uh, a good come-from-behind win by the Eagles. The midfield absolutely dominated... Dom Sheed, Andrew Gaff, Yo, Shuey, and Redden all scored over 110 points That's at nuts. least. With Redden going 135 with 15 tackles, 134 from Luke Shuey with 10 tackles in there, and 132 from Yo with 15. Those That's are, a lot of tackles. Those are big numbers, and it's not something that West Coast is particularly renowned for. So that midfield is starting to get back into it's gear. Starting to get going. Now, Redden's not someone that I would particularly be looking at. He'll be owned in draft leagues. Um, If coaches own him, you can look at selling him high after this big game if someone's really keen. Um, Same with Luke Shuey, but Elliot Yo and Andrew Gaff are the two for salary cap. Yes. West Coast have the best run going home for midfielders uh, in terms of their opposing team with scoring points against. Mm -hmm. Um, and Andrew Gaff is clearly going to be one of the top scorers at the end of the year. Yo is cheap enough now that I can say he's underpriced for what he's doing. Yo, um, yep, Yo, 750k, break even of 80. Um, I really like what I've seen in the last few yep. weeks. If, if you're looking for a midfielder and you don't have quite enough to get up to, say you're just out of range of someone like Whitfield or mm-hmm. a Taranto, someone like that... Uh, Elliot Yo is definitely one to have a look at. Taranto is actually within about 5k of him, I think. Ooh, who would you prefer, Yo or Taranto? Oh, that's a tough one. Ta- not taking into account buys, not looking at any of that. At the end of the year, in the run home, would you prefer Taranto or Elliot Yo? Tough question. Taranto? Third year player? Because Yo sometimes gets given roles. He, d- I haven't seen him get a role like that in the past year and a half, though. He's played in the midfield all of yeah. 2018. 
Like this is 2017-2016 thinking because that's when he used to switch back into defense, back up forward. He's not doing that anymore. We, West Coast have a yeah. lot of defenders and a lot of forwards now. I don't know. That's a really tough question. It is. I really I'm, like Taranto, so I'm my on, gut's kind of going Taranto. You but. know how much I love Taranto. I, a Keeper League owner, every Keeper League owner of Tim Taranto will be absolutely head over heels in love with this guy. But I'm on Elliot Yo's side. That tackling that I see from him is ridiculous. Yeah. And GWS are going to get harder matchups in the lead. They have had a very good run over the last few weeks. Um, and yeah. Elliot Yo's done this against a tough team. Adelaide are uh, at home are a tough team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. Um, so I'm on Yo's side there. Yeah, I'm just. There's also a bit of me saying that Taranto might be able to slide under the radar a little mm-hmm. bit at the Giants. Yep. Yeah. But by the same token, Yo being a main mover means he gets a lot of midfield minutes. He does. And I don't know. You, you could Luke flip the coin is, on this one, I think. Yeah. Luke Shuey is still a very important cog in that midfield that a lot of uh, teams think that they can tag or try to tag. So, you know, Elliot Yo doesn't always get the tag, even though he's one of the main movers. So yeah. it, it's I, look, I, I think you could honestly flip a coin on this one. I'm going to go Taranto, but I'm not confident that he's going to finish ahead. <laughs> well, I'm on the Yo side, but yeah, it just shows how 50-50 it is. I, I think you, you'd be happy with either one mm-hmm. of them in your final team. One of the things that impressed me most from this game was Shannon Hearn. Now, had an 86, and you might think that's only solid at best, but he did that with only three marks. It was a wet game, and they mm. were not switching it up as much because you just had to move the ball downfield. Yeah. The fact that he scored 86 with 22 kicks, taking a ton of those kick-ins, is massive. So yeah. in games that they do get that switching play uh, going... That's where he goes. He's going to go huge. like the week before. So it, the, it's the fact that he scored in a game uh, whose style really wasn't suited to him. Mm-hmm. That That's just fantastic. So he's a must-have in salary cap for me. Yep, I agree. No question. Is there any other Eagles we want to talk about, or should we move straight on to the Crows? Let's look at the Crows. All right, so the Crows. Camelus Yeoman is just scoring incredibly well this year. Um, Yeah, I'd be curious to see, and I will be honest, I haven't really looked at his numbers too, too much. Um, Is is he taking advantage of the lack of Matt Crouch the last few weeks? Could be, could be. When Matt Crouch comes back in... Because he's an inside midfielder mm -hmm. by trade. I, I wouldn't be able to say, but... I, all I know is, in salary cap, there's no way I'm going anywhere near Cam ellis Yolman. And if you own him, he's a sell high. If you don't own him, I wouldn't be selling the farm to go out and get him, even with some big scores. So yeah, that's, that's easy enough. way too inconsistent. So this year, he's gone 52, 106, 70, 107, 87, 57, 134. Yeah, so just, just no. So he's just one of those depth midfielders that will have good weeks and bad weeks yeah. in a very, very deep draft. Rory Sloan, very good, 119. Brad Crouch again. He's Are you, you know, we had the intention of trading Brad Crouch out as a midfielder, but are you mm-hmm. just holding him until right at the end? I'm holding him until someone else comes along knocking on the door saying, oh, that's my spot. Like it. Yeah, great. Because he is scoring very, well enough to be called a premium. Um, realistically, moment. there's that much else going wrong with my team at the moment. That <laughs> Brad Crouch isn't even entering my thought process. No. And Riley O'Brien's an absolute hold for a little while. I know we... We mentioned last week that he it might be a chance to downgrade him, but you brought up the point that he still has a relatively low break and he has a good matchup coming up. Uh, you can look at get moving him on during his bye. Yep. That's agreed. the way to go. Uh, Rory Laird scored okay 94 while getting injured, so he had a bit of a left ankle injury in the first quarter, so that slowed him down a bit. Yes. 
but uh, still managed to put up a good score regardless. Now, Miller at 86, he was played up He's forward. Back. So he was played up forward. It'd be interesting to see if that's something that stay continues going ahead because yeah. he's not going to get three goals and take contested mark like that every week. I no. guarantee it. So, you know, if he's playing up forward in that forward role, he's much less interesting to me than if he's playing in defense for draft league owners. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a tough one because a lot of... tough. He was doing so well in defense and if this one good game has sort of switched up his role in the team, because they do have Brody Smith and Rory Laird and well, I, I think Brown. I you think know, what happened is Kelly Miller went out injured and so they just went, well, we'll have to go back to what we usually do and use Laird and, and Smith and then Brown and came back as yeah. well. And they're going, well, we don't really need or are able to fit yeah. Miller into defense at the mm-hmm. moment. So, but he's so good, we still need him in the team. So... And he is so still so good, and he's going to play well up forward, yeah. but not from a fantasy point He's not going to get the volume yeah. of ball. So I can see them using him a little bit as a swingman mm-hmm. for the rest of the year, I think. Um, hopefully he goes down back yeah. more consistently. Just though. keep an eye on his role. Um, now we'll get into the next game, which was Gold Coast versus uh, Geelong. And mm-hmm. Gold Coast actually put up a pretty big fight for three quarters of this game. It was, it was a really good effort by them, but the Cats ran over the top of them in the last quarter. Tim Kelly keeps getting it done this year. I know he's going to have one awesome. bad game every four or so. Um, he's too he, good, though. You need Exactly. Him. He's a forward. You need him in your side. Duncan's still getting it done. Mitch Duncan is one of the best fantasy midfielders this year, without a question. Should you look at prioritizing bringing him in, in salary cap leagues? Um, it's looking like it at the moment, yes. Well, he's just been scoring so well and so consistently, especially over the past month. But is is this just a short-term thing, or is this something that he's going to continue? It's been it's five weeks now. Really tough question to answer. So it goes back to West Coast in round six. 130, 120, 142, 125, 118. 112.2 average is ridiculous. So he's up to 790,000 now. So for a, what is he, he's 3% owned? Yeah. That's a lot of money to spend on a point of difference midfielder. I'm not I'm not paying that kind of money for him. I think he he will likely have a down week at some stage and you can look at bringing him in after he falls a little bit because that is a ton of money. Like you could you can spend an extra 15k and get to Whitfield if you don't own him. You know, yeah. these sorts of players. You can go 40k less and get Toronto or Yo like we're yeah. talking about. And I'd probably have got just as big a ceiling. Exactly. So I'd probably prefer either of those to Mitch Duncan. It's just that he's gone on this massive run in such a quick span of time, and that's why he costs so much at the moment. Um, okay, so some of the other players. Uh, Cam Guthrie scored very well again, but I know people were looking at him three weeks ago, and if you brought him in, well done, but I'm still not keen on Cam Guthrie in salary <laughs> cap leagues. Just something about it says no. I think um, there are... Sometimes you can be a bit of fool's gold going after the really, really out there left field um, points of difference mm-hmm. because when they don't come off, you're the only one that, that suffers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Jordan Clark, your boy, 84. Did you trade him out last week? No, he remained in the team. All right. So he's uh, sort of reset his breaking even a little he bit. He definitely has reset it again. So um, He's lucky that I had too much shit to deal with. So. Can hold to the uh, the buy. Someone that you're going to struggle to hold to the buy is Brian Myers, though. 45 from him. Jeez. Yeah. So he's, he's on the downward slope so now. 16% owned. His break even's up to 93 now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think he lost money last week. 
yeah, 9K last week. So not much, but if he doesn't get that high score this week, he's going to lose a fair bit. Yeah. He's got Sydney this week, then Richmond, then his bye. So do you hold him until the uh, bye? I probably will, just because at this stage I'm not... I'm focusing on round 12 guys mm-hmm. and yep. getting them out of my team at the moment in preparation for the, the buy starting. So he's probably going to end up hanging around until it gets to his buy. Fair call. Uh, Darcy Fort, unfortunately, looks like he's going to lose his spot in the side. Wasn't particularly great this week with only 41. He uh, was coming up against the um, the human hit-out machine, though. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think he holds his spot, unfortunately. So, yeah. which Which is... Unfortunate because uh, he was looking like being a good cash cow for at least yep. until the round 13 buy. Yeah, but, you know, he fought his way into the team once, maybe he can do it again. Exactly. Uh, Gold Coast, Braden Fiorini keeps getting it done. He's looking like another premium that... Guy's a beast. Oh, he's absolute champion. Jared Witts, 111 from him. Yeah, great score. Still didn't make his break even. No. But <laughs> great score. But 51 hitouts, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Dave Swallow uh, broke the ton this week again, so... He's been up and down this season, but draft owners would be happy enough, I'd say. Yeah, he, he's a he's a great draft option. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else particularly to mention from uh, from Gold Coast? Um, what's his name? Burgess came in and lost money. <laughs> Which <laughs> is amazing. Twenty four. <laughs> well, he was on zero until about half time. I know it's amazing. I don't get why they brought him back in. Oh god. Um, uh, but he's still owned by like forty percent of teams. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Which is really unfortunate, and. You probably can't do anything with him because no. all the cheap forward rookies are like round 12 rookies, so mm-hmm. you don't really want to bring him in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what people can do with that. You so. might just have to suck it up and hold him. Yeah. All right, so the next game of the round was Richmond versus the Bombers. This was the dream time at the G Clash. Uh, another one which was just really one-sided in the end. So Essendon made a late charge home uh, halfway through the fourth quarter, but Richmond just dominated this from the outset, realistically. Uh, Basher Hooley, 144. <laughs> so last week we had the Hooley or Ellis question. Yeah. And, and we both went Ellis. We both went Ellis. Ellis got 85. Hooley went 144. You're so, not upset with 85. You're not you're upset not happy with it, with but it. you're not happy considering Hooley got 144. Yeah. But I feel like um, Hooley's one um, step away from tearing a hamstring at any moment. Oh, so. yeah. Easily. Easily. And we can say that week after week after week, but every week that he's on the park, he's scoring bloody he's well. He's scoring really, really well. So, I think you'd be happy having either one of them in your salary cap mm-hmm. side at the moment. Uh, Liam Baker, 112. He's stepping up at the moment. He's oh, Gee, he has been an absolute ripper this year. It is ridiculous. He's had a couple of bad games, but he's been very solid for most of the year. Oh, no. He's been absolutely fantastic. All right. Dusty. Hmm. Just two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row, two great scores. So, what's he gone? He's gone 130... So, he's gone 81, 135, and 109. Now... 620k. Those are some big scores. He's got... He's really cheap, obviously. You just said 620k. Break even is 62. Which is really low, and he's got the round 14 buy. So he's very, very valuable there. He's got three games in him before he has to have a rest. And even if he has a couple of bad ones in there, he will probably still meet his break-even, which means that you can offload him during that round 14 by after having made some cash. I Mm. don't mind it this week. I don't mind it, no. He's got North, Geelong, and Adelaide. If he had a round... They're not the easiest scoring teams to come up against. Mm. But, um, look... 
I think the Geelong one he will score willing because he'll need to play well in that one. Yes. I, the I, other two I'm not as convinced about. It's tough because I really have not wanted to bring Dusty into my side at all this year. Me neither. But those two good games in a row make things very, very interesting. So, yep. uh, look, I don't mind it, but you're taking a risk there. Just be aware of that. Uh, we already spoke about Brandon Ellis's 85. Noah Bolter got it done this week, which will just... Yep. He reset his break even a couple of weeks ago, and he's making you a ton of cash at the moment. So if you owned him... Well done for holding, because a lot of people backed off him at the start of the year. Yeah. Do you reckon that, um, who was it, Coleman Jones was the other Ruckman, wasn't he? Yeah, Coleman Jones. So he he did pretty well. 66, not too bad. You reckon they bring Soldo back in? I think they do, yeah. Dropped Coleman Jones, bring Soldo back in? Yeah, I don't think that's a question there. I think Soldo definitely comes back into the side. Bolter should still score pretty well, though, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he'll do pretty well. Um, Sydney Stack... Uh, his break-even is up to 58 now. Now, we obviously mentioned that he's got the round 14 by. I think just the fact that he's playing, even though he's got a high break-even, he's got a decent ceiling for a rookie, so he can score in the low 90s. Yeah. Um, but realistically, I think you keep him, hold him through, even though he's got a highest break-even. Realistically, who would you be moving him on to anyway? Yeah, true. I mean, if you've got some DPP action you can do, if you can bring like a Lockhart back into your midfield or something like that, or... Yeah, but, but into your defence. Regardless of what line we're talking about, what mm. rookies are you bringing in to downgrade him? Yeah, maybe a Bewley. Um I know he wasn't spectacular, but he probably holds his spot for Frio this week. Round twelve by though. Yeah, I that's don't want true. to bring in a rookie that has a round twelve by in for round eleven. Mm. Yeah, that's true. If if I'm moving on a back rookie at the moment, it's Scrimshaw. Yeah, that's it's, a good it's point. not. It, it's, it's definitely not stack. It's not stack. No, you hold stack. That's that's my point. Um, and, and I'm not actually looking at the backline rookies at all at the moment because they're the most solid ones we've got. I'm yeah. looking at the other lines ahead of them. Yeah. Well, there's one I'll mention a little bit later in the second part of the podcast who is definitely someone you should look at moving on soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the Bombers. Yes. Uh, and they had some solid contributors. Zach Merritt with 117 keeps the run going. He's been yep. incredibly good. Uh, Tommy Bell Chambers took took advantage of the fact that they really didn't have a, a Ruckman yeah. uh, with 111. Yeah. Who do Richmond... Richmond play North Melbourne on Friday night. So Goldstein's going to have Goldie another massive match. Goldie actually could go 150 again. Well, he could easily. We said before he wouldn't, but he might going up yeah. against... Yeah, that's true. It's, it's a good matchup. Bolter and, and Soldo. Soldo. Yeah. So he got Gold- 150 on English last I'd, week. I'd put money on him to have a big game. 110 plus, I would say, for Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Darcy Parish is starting to do quite a bit better for keeper league owners. So, just keep an eye out for him if you're in a deep keeper league with some, you know, some places that you can stash these guys, because he has been very poor for a couple of years and is starting to show something now. And they've got a lot of midfield injuries, so he'll get some midfield time. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that he's definitely a stashable player. Yep, agreed. Langford, you know, again. Not so much, but with these injuries they've got, obviously Dylan Shield is injured. I'm not sure if he'll miss, miss much time. Jake Stringer has pulled up injured as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're running a little bit thin. Yeah, they really are. Their forward line in particular, um, no Stringer, no Devin Smith. Not that he really played a lot up forward, no. but no Smith. Um, Devin Smith was the one I forgot about, and yeah, he's... No Danaher. Mm-hmm. Fantasia's missed the last couple of weeks, I yep. think, from memory. No shield, like you said, for however long it ends up being. Yep. They're really struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those fringe guys could really take a jump for the next couple of weeks. They're going to get some time. Here's hoping for a lot of owners that uh, 
someone like Brandon Hams comes back into the team, yeah. that would be very, very good. It would be really handy. Um, and, yeah, we're, unfortunately, I think we're going to lose a couple of forward rookies that we'll talk about in the second part of the podcast. Uh, because uh, in saying that, we are going to take this opportunity to split the podcast into two. We'll be back to go through the remaining games of the round, which were the Sunday matches. We will answer your questions from Twitter. And of course, we're going to play our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit, where we pick the eyes out of your waiver list for some of the guys that can stand up for you this week. So make sure to join us for part two of the podcast. <laughs>